0: Good morning, York Alliance. It is Pastor Asa here with you, and it is Wednesday, October 25th. We are halfway through the Preaching the Gospel practice series, and we were talking this week about what it means to join God in his mission to preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom uh, in this world. And we started talking about it a little bit on Sunday, but I want to spend a little bit more time on, well, what do we do when it appears like God is inactive, it seems like he's doing nothing, like there's nothing for us to join. And uh, we talked about a, a shift in, a, in what question we're asking. Uh, shifting away from is God working, that has a yes or no answer to it. it's kind of a closed-ended question, and it leaves open the possibility that God may in fact not be working, uh, to having a different kind of question that says how is God working? You know, it's assuming that he is, And it's more of an open-ended question of well, what is he doing and if we don't believe that for ourselves it's going to be i'm going to assume at least for me really hard to see others stories that way it's going to be you know if, if i don't think god is moving for me why would i have any platform to assume that god is working for someone else like no wonder evangelism or preaching the gospel might feel like something that's on our shoulders Because if God's not doing it, and he's just kind of waiting for us to do all of it, well, then we better figure this out. We better have all of our ducks in a row and, you know, pressure's on, right? And, well, I'll say this is especially and obviously true when it's not immediately clear that he's working. Sometimes it's super clear in your life that God is doing something. He's saying something to you in his word, through a sermon, through an experience, just directly uh, the Holy Spirit speaking to you but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's not immediately clear. It could be personal suffering or seeing other people that you care about suffer, or it could just be like you feel your time with Jesus is stale, like your prayers are hitting the ceiling or going nowhere. So first off, I want to actually encourage you that that people have felt this way for eons. Uh, There's some people recorded in the Bible who had similar feelings, and God didn't smite them right away. Rather, God came to them and was patient with them. God's able to handle our our big feelings, uh, whether we want to voice them or not, you know, our, our the things inside of us that question whether he's working. I mean, you have Abraham. I mean, he was 75 years old when God first came to him and made these big promises, this big covenant with him, that he he would have one of those promises that he would have offspring. And then it wasn't until he was 86 that he and his wife Sarah were like, okay, I— uh, I'm not sure if God forgot or God just isn't going to do it, but so instead of having a baby with Sarah, um, Abraham has a child with uh, Sarah's uh, servant, Hagar, and kind of taking the reins into his own hands, so to speak, as far as this promise for offspring. I mean, there's actually some parallels between that and how we sometimes view evangelism. You know, we're not sure if God's doing something, so we're just going to take matters into our own hands. And then it really wasn't until Abraham was 99, or in between 99 and 100, when Isaac was born. So we're talking 13, 14 more years until God's promise kind of came to fruition. And so, yeah, I think Abraham gets it. <laughs> you know, he what in the world? And when when God finally told him you're going to have or Sarah's going to have a baby next year, he laughed. Now he believed, but he also laughed because he's like, I just couldn't imagine what he was thinking. I mean, other places in Psalm 13. A psalmist writes, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? It sounds like someone who is struggling with, God, are you even there? In Psalm 22, a famous one says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, and I find no rest. You know, David wrote these words, and Jesus quoted some of them as he was, Uh, taking the the wrath of the father against our sin on the cross so people get it jesus himself understands what it is to at least from a a human perspective uh, god where are you and so what what do we do with that i mean uh, in a kind of quick answer is that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves regularly to be constantly reminding ourselves that God is for us, he loves us, he's not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind. He went to the cross for us and rose again from the dead because he loves us. He calls us to follow him in his kingdom. Like All these foundational realities that express his love towards you, like regularly being in that rhythm of preaching the gospel to yourself is, is that definitely a helpful way to see that God is actually working and he's actually drawing me to himself always. Another kind of practical way is to use the story tool, uh, that everything is always moving towards restoration. You know, even though you're in the middle of the fall and you're feeling the brokenness of this world, but you can come back to the redeeming truth of Jesus and trust it afresh and then be sent to bring God's healing to to this broken world. That you can, it's always moving, In that direction. Now, I want to be careful here. Don't gloss over difficulties. Don't say, oh, well, you know, you have, uh, you or I have these significant problems. People are sick and there's diseases or or accidents or whatever. Well, you know, I guess it's going to be okay because everything's moving towards restoration. Like, please don't give a pat answer to someone who is seriously struggling. And don't do that to yourself either. It's okay to feel what you're gonna feel with the difficulties, to ask the question, God, are you there? Are you active? Are you, do you care even? Because at least in my experience, I have um, had some very sweet times with Jesus right in the middle of asking those kinds of questions where he says, yeah, I am here and I know you're struggling. So you can feel his presence with you. And even if you uh, struggle even to feel his presence, you can say, okay, I know that God is here. And I'm going to sit here until, uh, you know, my heart kind of comes around and I, I can see him uh, moving in my life. So when it comes to other people, yeah, as you do this, this work right alongside Jesus in your own life, you join Jesus in what he's doing in your life, you are then prepared to do that for other people. You can actually start to say, how is God working in their life? Not is he working? How is he working? But one thing to to distinguish, and it's very it would be good of us to make this distinguishment, other people's response to God working in their life is different than uh, God not working in their life. Now, Some people might think, just because you share the good news of the kingdom of God with someone and they don't want to hear it, does that mean that God's not working in their life. Well, absolutely not. Uh, Some I don't the 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 statistic may have changed over the years, but once upon a time I heard a statistic that people, on average, need to hear the gospel seven times before coming to that spot of of making a decision to follow Jesus. And whether that's true or not anymore, or whether it's more or less or whatever, uh, what if you are like the third person in line? that they reject, that they, it, it looks like they don't want anything to do with Jesus in their life, but you are the third person to show them the love of God, show them what it means to be in the kingdom of God, uh, for them to see it. You just don't know. So you need to distinguish, like, just because they don't have a positive response does not mean God's not working. As far as I'm concerned, if they have a pulse, there's still a chance for God to work, right? And so um, I think we need to keep that in mind. And of course, it's exciting when we come across people with whom God is clearly trying to get, uh, get a hold of and get their attention. But even when that's not happening, I want to encourage you that uh, every time you choose to engage someone with the gospel, you are joining God's work. You don't have to wonder, uh, well, I wasted my time or this or that or the other thing. Um, and really, when you have those conversations with people. Look for clues. It might not be super obvious, but maybe there are some clues as to how their story is fitting into God's bigger story. Just like you could use the story tool to preach the gospel to yourself, and, and you could see it where you are fitting in that story and how it's moving towards restoration. You could even try and find a, find out if the person is not going to overtly tell you, okay, how is their story fitting in? How, how are they experiencing brokenness, and how how could it look for them to experience the redemption of God and, and so forth? So those are some things just to keep your eyes and ears open to. Um, don't, just, don't get discouraged when, uh, when people don't seem to respond to the gospel right away. God is still working, and he's still inviting you to join him in that work. So on that note, I pray that you will receive afresh the love with which God first loved you and that you would in turn join Jesus in his mission to preach the gospel and rescue people in this world. Have a great day, and I'll be back with you one more time tomorrow.